Hey everybody, Matt Holmes here with the Vigilant Life Podcast. I first just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this initial launch episode. Um, this has been really a passion project of mine in creating the podcast and the Vigilant Life movement. Quick overview, what I consider to be the Vigilant Life is really focused on a few key areas of your life, whether that's fitness, finances, relationships, business, mindset, and self-defense. All those are going to incorporate within the podcast, within our special guests that we have. And I'm just super excited to launch this on my birthday. It's the first day this uh, first episode's coming out. And for our first guest, Brandon Lilly. Some of you guys might know him, some of you guys might not. We go into a little bit of a backstory of why I chose Brandon in the initial launch. And man, when we recorded this, he definitely did not disappoint. Uh, we talk in a lot of different aspects and areas of just being a better person, giving value in all your relationships in life, and is what he calls the plus one concept of how he lives his life. So tune in, enjoy the episode. We have a lot more great guests coming and a lot more great episodes. And again, can't say thank you enough. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Vigilant Life podcast. As mentioned, we have Brandon Lilly as the guest today. And this is going to be our official launch episode. A uh, quick little backstory with it is I interviewed Brandon, God, it was years and years ago when I used to, and you'll hear me probably talk about this <clears> in a few <throat> other episodes, used to do some YouTube stuff. Never made a lot of mistakes and God, I wish I would have <laughs> stuck with it. You know, seeing where how everybody else took things over the years. But you know, I was a dumb kid, I guess you could say. <laughs> Learned my lessons and here I am now. So it was awesome to really bring things full circle because Brandon, uh, you know, a few months, God, probably six months ago now, a uh, post that you had made on Instagram really kicked me in the ass of like, all right, you know, I've thought about doing another podcast or whatever for a long time. And sure. I said, fuck it, you know, I'm going to do it. <clears throat> like, you really like just connected with me. And I reached out to Brandon and I said, when I finally do this, you know, a little bit longer than my 60 day goal, I said, would you be the first guest? And Brandon said, yeah, awesome. So I really appreciate you doing that. Oh, no problem. I mean, I guess for me, through my life's ups and downs, and really the place that I find myself in right now, I think that for me, most of the time, my gut has been right. You know, so if this is an inclination for you, I, I encourage people to follow their gut. But knowing that, and also knowing that for myself, a lot of my happiness now is because I did finally take steps towards things that I'd been, you know, kind of marinating on for years and years and years. I'm learning to try to shorten that process now. I'm not trying to go to the, the other extreme, which I've also done in my life many times, which is jump too quickly. And then maybe like your YouTube channel, your passion superseded your skill. And instead of being able to give yourself the time to, to hone those skills and build that up properly, the fire burned out before it ever really got started. And I think for me, I've maybe not perfectly, but I've really come to a happy place for me. And I say perfect for me, you know, I use that term in my life where I'm a good balance of taking the risk when I need them. And then also analyzing the risk before I take the final jump. And it's, it's just saved me a lot of money. It saved me a lot of heartbreak and it saved me a lot of time. And I think as we get older, those are three things that we're trying to protect a little more, you know, who we are, our finances and where we're going in life. And to be 
38 years old this year, you know, I feel like I've lived a life much more full than that. But also I think my maturity throughout the first 32 years of that life <laughs> didn't quite, didn't quite match the life experience. So the last five or six years have been really, really good as far as making strides towards being a person that I'm proud to be being a, you know, a son, daughter, father, husband, wife, whoever you are as a person getting to a point in your life where you can be proud of that. And I'm really there. You know, I think that, you know, I can look myself in the mirror and own up to things that I've done in the past and I'm not proud of. And I've, I've made those apologies as I've said on a couple other podcasts. So I'm not working from a deficit anymore. If I can encourage you to start a podcast and that somehow helps you equalize and find that balance point where life is pretty good and you're following your passions, but you're also paying the bills kind of thing. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's an important thing that I want people to be dream chasers, but I want them to be equipped dream chasers rather than just taking the jump because it feels good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it very much stands by, you know, like the whole vigilant life of what all this is, you know, whether that's being vigilant in, you know, family, you know, whether that's you're a parent or not, I'm sure with a lot of this being, you know, a lot of the people that I deal with are very much parents and fathers and things yep. like that. So whether that's, you know, family, relationships, relationships with others, friends, spouses, significant others like yourself, finances, like you said, fitness is one total mindset. And then self-defense very much comes into that, whether it's self or family, things like that. And it's mm -hmm. been very awesome to also watch you and how you're kind of bringing that in of it's just very much fits in exactly what this podcast and the whole vigilant life movement that we're really going for is, is really all about. And that was something I wanted to bring up too, is just seeing you. It's funny, like when we last talked, it was my son's about to turn five now. And it was probably a year and a half, maybe two years before that max. So it's right. been a, about that time from that journey, like you said, when things really shifted. And, you know, when we talked last time, it was very much about fitness and <laughs> powerlifting and all of this stuff. And, you know, you had sponsorships, all these things going on. And it's been really cool to see, like, I just see it in you, even though we haven't like kept up and talked, sure. just watching kind of the journey. It's like a totally different person. And I could say seeing you from like where you were before to where you were now, like there's still that drive and fire, like the core being of who you were. Yeah. But you just seem like you said, happier in a better place, lighter, like all these things are just kind of coming into line now for you. Well, I think, I think what happened to me was the gift of injury. You know, um, mm -hmm. I know I've talked to a lot of guys I do a lot of volunteer work and, you know, trying to help guys that are in the, they've been in special forces or they've been in the military and they're coming home you know, as transitional military members now, you know, they're trying to trans transfer out and become a civilian again. And it's kind of like, you know, they're running and gunning for their entire career. And then one day something happens or they're deemed ineligible to go back to combat and they come home and it's like, who am I? Like, who am I? What do I do now? And, you know, that nicely packaged $15 an hour job at Home Depot might be the greatest job in the world for someone, but for a lot of these people that, you know, and credit to Home Depot for offering those jobs. But for a lot of these guys, it, just because the job, you know, fills a need, it doesn't fill that purpose. Yeah. And for me, that was, you know, I thought powerlifting was my purpose. I thought that that was the reason that I was born. And I'll tell you how miscalculated that was as far as just my reasoning, because I never loved powerlifting. 
Okay. Like I enjoyed the gym. I loved training. I loved being strong. But what I most, you know, most loved about powerlifting was the recognition of I am better than this person or I am stronger than this person or looked at as, oh my God, you're the biggest guy in the room kind of thing. So it was this, I think it was definitely trying to fill a cup. You know, if, yeah. if you want to talk about that analogy where my cup is empty in some way or something, it was definitely the boy inside, the immature young man or man inside was not being developed at the rate that my body was. So yeah. for me, what you really created, there was this imbalance where people think, oh my God, you're so successful. You're so this, you're so that, you're so great. You're so good. And it really comes down to the word good. And I was not a good person at that time. I was dismissive of so many responsibilities, so many relationships. It was a totally selfish existence until my injury. And I tell that story because through talking to some of these veterans and people that have been down that road further, they really helped me see that there was life on the other side of it to the point now I'm doing the same kind of work for guys that are coming home. You know, a lot of times you're sitting down talking to these situations where a guy can't see his life outside of, you know, kicking doors in and, and taking a yeah. rifle to work. Yeah. I mean, and, and God bless them. I mean, that's, that's one of the most honorable jobs you can do is be a gunfighter. You know, it's, it's badass work and I, and I respect those men and I love what they do. And if I can help them in any way, that's where my mission is, you know, to make sure that, through my story, my struggles, my ups, my downs, I try to share that and pay that forward. So I think because of my injury, making me re-understand myself uh, or reintroduce myself to, to people that I'd broken promises to or lied to or, you know, damaged their relationships, it really it allowed me to become a different person. And I think I've made a, a strong shift from a totally selfish life to like, okay, I have so much to give to these people because they've given to me even when I didn't deserve it. And it just, it really changed me. And I just think that as much as I cursed it, as much as I tried to resist admitting that I wasn't made for powerlifting anymore, you know, my body was shutting down. I was staying, you know, after 18 surgeries, my body was just riddled with infection. So, you know, I think it, it just gave me a very, very clear look at like, man, your body is toxic. You know, like that is a physical toxicity. And I'm not saying I personally believe that there's a correlation between, you know, how everything, there's a symbiosis there. If you're a toxic minded person that can bleed over into your physical presence. But, oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, I just, I know that that's a little taboo for some people, but I believe that. So if I'm like, if I'm recognizing that my body is physically toxic, what about my mental state? What about who I am, the way that I think, the way that I look at things. And I went through just some really deep dive evaluations well, myself, you know, just asking myself why to, to a lot of questions that I had about why I'd done things or why I'd say, you know, I'll be there at three o'clock knowing that I'm not going to be there until five o'clock, those kind of things. Um, just, just silly dismissive behavior, you know, and I wanted to be accountable for all my behavior. So I started recognizing things and playing games with myself so that I stayed focused on the task. And that's really kind of what evolved the plus one mentality for me. So does, you know, everything that we do in our life, we have an impact. This conversation, you and I are not just sitting here passively looking at each other on a screen. You're going to walk away from this experience and I'm going to walk away from this experience either saying, man, that was really cool or man, that was weird or sucked or it was no good, whatever it was. You're going to have an, you know, an equal and opposite reaction. There's going to be good or bad. 
you're not going to leave this. It's like, well, that was nothing. You know, there's there's no, there's always a, you know, like whether you want to talk basic physics, science, like any, there's always an, an action or a reaction. There's, there's nothing that just comes like, Oh, like you walked away and like, it just disappeared from your mind. Something's there. Well, and I'm glad you took it to a physics level because what it really boils down to is there's plus and minuses. There's positive and negatives. And I was looking at all these people, you know, I travel a lot. I get to see experience, you know, experience things through eyes that maybe not everybody gets to see. And the cool thing for me is I just started to be aware of how disconnected so many people were. So if I could get connected and then I could encourage connection, like, make eye contact with people, hold doors for people, ask people how their day are. Do not let them walk by you and be a zero, you know, because they, they're going to walk right by the same path. I mean, these are human beings. This is an equal and opposite reflection of you in some way, you know, more, more alike than you aren't. So I just wanted to be committed to trying to better my day by bettering other people's day first. It's really paid off. I mean, you get some strange looks at times, but I've had some interesting conversations with old ladies that I've held doors for that were like, I did not expect you to hold the door because of your tattoos or this or that or the other. So I let that bleed over into everything in my life. Is this going to make me a better athlete? Is this like, you know, if you sit down at a restaurant looking at a menu, okay, which one's going to make me the better athlete? Which one's going to make me feel better? And I assign plus ones to all those things. It just becomes a game of plus or minus. Does this make me better as a father? or Does it make me worse as a father? Does this make me more honest or does this make me less honest? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's very, very much of like what, what I've, I learned years ago and it's weird, like the evolution and journey that we go through. And I've been talking about this a lot lately of like, there were things that I used to do that were really kind of getting me on the right path. There was like that core I was missing inside myself and sure. a lot of deep work, which is kind of what I've worked on and where I'm at now. And now bringing some of these other influences. And one very big one was reminding myself of, you know, every day, like be better today than you were yesterday. And there's some other episodes that we've recorded that you guys will hear after this, that we've talked more in depth with that, but it's mm-hmm. very true. You know, if like, that's what it is. Like you said, the plus ones, like, or is this going to make me better or less of a person or whatever it might be? And that's really the concept. Like each day, just be better today than you were yesterday and in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, I'm a very, I would say I'm a very chill person, meaning I can just, you know, if you want to go high energy, I can roll that way. And if you want to sit here and, you know, just hang out and talk, sit by a fire, cook some food, whatever, I can roll that way too. So I have to operate myself from the, this is going to sound strange, but you know, I kind of have to look at my life like a business. Like I have to be productive to a point that it makes money, satisfies my obligations, and then, you know, fulfills me at some level. But beyond that, like if I could do that in one hour a day, I could very easily become a vegetable for 23 of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I've learned, you know, over time that I operate better when I'm busy, when I'm not bored, when I'm active, when I'm seeking things, when I'm doing things, when I'm training, when I'm hiking. So when I have a high level day, my productivity goes up because I'm happier, I'm energetic, I'm more motivated. So my whole life kind of just exists around the idea that I have obligations to people around me. I have obligations to my boss and in change or in, you know, exchange for that, I get to live a pretty cool life where I, 
you know, get to cook for my family every night. I get to cook for my friends whenever I choose to, I get to travel to some really cool places. So it's like, why would I not seek to make my life better? Why would I not seek to make myself better? Because as I get better, I'm recognized as better in the community in my, you know, in my relationships and my friendships. And I'm catapulted further as far as like more opportunities, more experiences, more introductions. So the better that I seek to be, the more value I have to the people around me. And that's been the best thing in the world because at some level, just like yourself, you know, it's given back to me that you asked me to be your first guest on this. You know, it's, I don't think I necessarily made you better. I I just made you believe in who you were Mm -hmm. and man, what an awesome thing that is. You know, I don't get off on somebody thanking me for, for making their life this or that. I get off when people really actualize what they want to do. You know, that's, that's, you don't need to thank me for that. Like just seeing you in action is thanks enough. And I think, you know, if we can just put our attention on other people a little bit more, celebrate their victories just as much as you celebrate yours. And it's like, it just kind of builds. I, I know it's really, you know, it sounds kind of hippie and trippy, but I think we need more, more of that. I, you know, it's funny, like you said, some of these things, you know, like there's a lot of good talking points that you just went over and I was taking notes, but I think we need more of that stuff of, you know, whether you believe or don't believe it in some of, like you said, whether you want to call it hippie ish or kind of out there. I think we need more of that to ground us more because we're so disconnected from each other, from ourselves and having more of that. How many, how many conversations have you had with your neighbor in the last year? Like zero. Yeah. That's the crazy part in our neighbor. We thought we're like, nobody talks to each other. Nobody knows each other. It is because there's so much ease and comfort in the world. I don't need my neighbor anymore. You know, it used to be the thing like, Hey, Welcome to the neighborhood. Here's a pie or here's a casserole. Here's a lasagna. And we'll come back and get that. So then they come back and you get a cup of coffee. Then you, you start to feel these people out. You start to bond these relationships. Just thankfully, um, I have a pretty cool group of neighbors. I mean, it's not extensive. I don't go through the whole neighborhood, but I've got three or four people around me that are pretty interesting, kind of creative people and doing cool things. So, you know, I kind of gravitate around them, but I had to, I had to cross the fence line. You know, I had to be the one that drove the conversation. And then as that happened, you know, it's kind of like a magnetism. I think people are thirsty for this. People are thirsty for human contact. That's valuable and interesting and, and makes you better. Like the last thing I want to do is go belly up to a bar and listen to some guy bitch about his wife. Like that's the, (laughs) that is the most boring thing in the world. And how many people succumb to that? How many people, when it comes Friday, it's like, I'm going to the bar. Well, what do you do with your friends when you go to the bar? You bitch about work. So then what happens then? You bitch about your wife. You bitch about this. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of ebb and flow yourself into this negative talk. Like everybody around you is negative. Man, my life must suck. Yeah. It's not, it's not that positive. It's not that plus. And that's the other thing that you kind of keep touching on too, is, is the, uh, you say kind of insider, the toxicity. Like I do believe if somebody doesn't believe that, I think they're fucking crazy for one, you know, I, we tell our kids like what you put yourself around, whether it's the people, the music Mm -hmm. you want to listen to, the shit you want to read, like the garbage you want to watch. Like we all watch some fun, silly things, but like, now it's like TikTok and this and that. And it's like a lot of it's like not, it's either not positive or it's not growing. And that toxicity starts to eat away at them. And Mm -hmm. then that expresses outside. So like you said, going to a bar, it's like, that's 
if it's all negative talk and there's no positive, like you're not doing something to better, like mm -hmm. you're doing something to stay the same, which we all know, like water, it either yeah. flows and stays <laughs> fresh or it sits and goes stagnant. Yeah. Like that's what's happening. Exactly. And that's, you know, the thing that really changed my world, I had a conversation with Jay Ferrugia. If you don't know him, he's the Renegade Podcast. Great guy. Just unbelievable fitness coach. Just a guy that's been, his journey seems to always be like four or five steps ahead of mine. So I've learned that he's a great guy to follow and listen to and, you know, kind of. Yeah, learn. I'm working to get uh, get Jay on the podcast too. Yeah, well, let me see if I, if I can help you facilitate that. I will because he's an awesome guy and he just needs more he doesn't need more people to know his story because he's probably at full capacity. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't need it. I think more people need to hear him. They need to hear his story yeah, yeah. more than anything. And um, I, I just think he's a great guy. And I think that he's lent so much to my life. But, you know, one of the things that he challenged me to do was just to, to look at myself differently because he was the same as me. He was this renegade. He was tattooed. He was hardcore. He was abrasive. You know, he was challenging people directly on their methodologies rather than just, you know, supporting and building his own. And then now it's like he has just crafted himself into this very refined, very respectful, very high level intelligence, um, you know, to, he, he just inspires me to be better. And I, I tell you all that to qualify what he says to me, okay? So he, he looks at me one day and I was like, Jay, I feel like you're the nucleus. I feel like you got people around you all the time. I feel like you just got, you know, you're a power player. How do you become this? He said, dude, I was the guy that never got invited to anything. So I had to start creating things that were cool enough, interesting enough, inviting enough that people would want to come. So I had to create and I had to become my own nucleus because listen, I'm not going to get invited to every party. Like if I want to have a social, like a social circle that builds and grows and, and evolves, I've got to start the ripples. So he started, you know, let's, it's Friday night. I'm going to text 10 people. How many are going to show up Two. great? We got a great threesome next weekend, Friday night. Hey, we're going to the comedy club. I'm going to invite 10 people. I'm buying tickets. Who's coming? Okay. Six people come. Do you know what I mean? So it just mm -hmm. kind of, it, it kind of grows. But if, like I said, the same as me going over there and crossing that fence line to my neighbors who have turned out to be some really cool people, I would have never known if I hadn't asked. You know what? And I think our culture has lent us to be very, very open and direct through a medium. Like we're very, very good through a screen, but we are not so good in person anymore. I find that people, you know, I feel like I have very basic elementary fundamental communication skills face to face. Like I'm, I'm very straightforward. I try to speak very plain and over and over and over again in business meetings. I'm like, I, I get these talks where people would say, you know, uh, people don't talk like you anymore. People don't shoot straight. People don't do this or that. And it's just like, what happened to the world? Because that used to be like the standard that used to be the requirement. You didn't yeah. bullshit around. You didn't sugarcoat stuff. Like you just shot it as it was. And I think for me, that's, that's just been a, a big, big thing is to try to fun, funnel my communication down to the simplest, easiest, most digestible form. Yeah, I don't, and I don't, it definitely helps. You know, it's funny, like, because I deal so much with, you know, marketing and all this stuff, you know, since I have, I have like my marketing and ads agency and all of that. And it's very, like, one of the base rules with communication is 
writing things or, you know, putting things out at like a fifth or sixth grade level. Like anytime I write stuff, I'm like, I want to make it as like dumbed down, not to say people are dumb, but they understand it and they process it. It's like just keeping (sighs) stuff simple and not overcomplicating it. Uh, you're right. And listen, I don't want you to take this as any offense because you're exactly right. And you, you're fulfilling a need, but it, it angers me to, to see a lot of coaches that are putting out unbelievable, like pioneering creative information, like just generating information that will change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And they're getting, you know, in the hundreds of views. Yeah, and then you oh, see yeah. then you see these people who are out here. I mean, there are some there are some very strong name coaches um, with high publicity and, and high following that are just you know putting out stuff that is you know maybe it's anecdotal, and I'll give them that. Like I'm I'm guilty of that myself, and I I own that. But they just they get these followings, and it's like it it's all hype and it's all it's just like rah rah like instant oatmeal is what it is you know what i mean it's like it's just easy to digest there's flames on the on the weights or something like that to get your attention like i hate that 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 is the state of things where Mm -hmm. it does take a fifth grade level to to convey a message to people or it has to be at that level so they'll take the time to even look at it i mean what does that really say about us as a species? You know, like, is this the best that we're doing? It was that I beat all the other sperm to, <laughs> to accept the low hanging fruit. I mean, I guess we did. I mean, humans are, are pretty much. Yeah. And know, I think you're just weird on that front that, that we, we lower ourselves to that standard when we have mm-hmm. so much capability. It just frustrates me from a human level. No. Yeah. And I agree. There's, there's a lot of great, this is like one of the wonders yet, the frustrating parts with where we're at with technology and the vast amount of information there's, I think there's a lot of great people or there will be even more, you know, cause they're expanding and they're growing and kind of going through their process. But I think there's a lot of people like you put that put out great information and can really make a positive impact, but they're not getting out there for whatever reason, whether they, you know, need to find better ways to like market and put themselves out there, get yeah. in front of the right people. And then, yeah, there's a lot of garbage that's out there. <laughs> a lot of garbage. A lot of garbage. In, in every industry. It's not just the fitness mm. industry. It's the oh, yeah. industry. It's, uh, I mean, it's just anything you want to tie it to that there are people that can manipulate themselves to manipulate the algorithm, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That's uh that's way that's way deep water and off track from what you probably want to talk about. But I think it all comes back to this. You can play the game, you know, what in life, you can play the game, you can drive the right car, you can buy the right house, you can have the right haircut, you can do all those things, and you can still find a deficit. You know, I think that's yep. a reoccurring theme throughout America right now is people have all these things that they've been told to have and that they should have and they should strive for, and they're finding this deficit. And I think for me, the injury forced my hand to really circle back and look at myself. Like I said, I, I imagine, you know, this vision of I'm this big hulking man, 350 pounds winning powerlifting competitions, but I'm still this immature, broken, confused, undervalued boy on the inside. So I think, you know, 
it, it all may sound twisted and crazy and whatever now, but when I look at myself, I had to stop. I had to step away from the training completely for a while. One to heal my body. I was completely infected. You know, I had 18 surgeries due to infection. Um, and I just needed my body to rest. But what that did was it propelled my ability to use that time and energy that I had to really start reading more. Um, looking, you didn't at, just sit on your ass and do. Oh, there was there, there was there was some of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was some of that. I mean, I, I definitely went through a depressive state, um, which I think was, is normal for anybody going from like one to you know, like you said, whether it's you know some of these tier one, tier two type <laughs> operators that are such high tempo, going from that to not like anybody's going to have a shift in a challenge. It's like going from having no kids to one kid. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, you put one in perspective that people can understand, you know, you give somebody a, a 3000 calorie a day diet and then you strip them down to 800 calories. You're going to get hungry real fast. You know what I mean? Like you're going to yeah. start feeling some pain. Well, that's, that's like at the most basic fundamental human level of, of just hunger. You know, imagine that process for doing something in your life for 20 years, you know, to the point where this is your existence. You, you wake up with a rifle in your arm and you go to bed with a rifle in your arm. You know, you're, you're working around people that are putting their life on their line beside you. So you have certain expectations of people in your world. And then you come back to a civilian world where there is no self, you know, mm. I don't want to say no self adherence, but like, People just generally don't care about the other person, you know? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like, I remember the first year that I spent in, in Iraq. And then when I came back, not only like, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can get into, like, that I I enjoyed with being over there. And the, the simplicity, I think, was one of the biggest things. And like, here's what it is. You know, there's right. variables in every day, but it's like, it's super simple here's what I do. You know, you have that camaraderie, the relationships. And then it was like, when I came back to the States and I was visiting my mom and I was like in, in LA, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like <laughs> overcomplicating stuff, like they're running around, like they're clueless. Yeah. And it, you know, I can see like, since then, you know, being, being gone, being back, like I can see how easy it is to get caught in like the hustle and bustle and this and that but like the simplicity and like, it, it definitely was like, Oh my God, like I don't want to go be around these people. I don't want to go out and do that. Like, cause they said the expectation or like what you're used to. And then what you see, it was just like, yeah, they're two totally different worlds, but it really is like, until you kind of experience that, you're like, Holy shit, this is two totally different worlds and the stupid shit people like want to worry about that are like uncontrollable so much of it. And that like really, in 10 minutes, it's not going to matter, let alone 24 hours or a, a year from now. And right. you're letting that like affect your day so bad. Like what the hell is wrong with everybody? I think that's been a big draw for me too, is, you know, as far as the camping and the, you know, the hiking more and, and hunting and whatnot, you know, you go to a hunt camp, your day gets, it gets kind of dwindled down to this, wake up, chow, go hunt for all, you know, till sun goes down come back, chow, maybe take a shower, maybe not go to bed. Like life gets really, really finite at that point. It's really, yeah. really easy. And if, if you miss breakfast, that's your fault. If you don't, you know, hunt, stalk, kill your animal, that's your fault. You know, if you don't sleep at night, that's your fault. And it really just comes down to this ownership property 
you know, that obviously if you make a mistake in war, the, the consequences are dire, not only for yourself, but for those around you over here, you get so much freedom and lax as far as like my mistakes. They really don't. I mean, yeah, there's consequences, but like, I'm not dying because of it, you know? Yeah. And I think that that softens what life really is for people. I mean, I think that there is a power in knowing you're going to die. I think that there's a freedom in knowing that you're going to die because that somehow gives value back to life because it's, it's, it's finite. It's going mm -hmm. to end. Right. So I think more people need to be reminded of that in some way, but we're always too busy on the climb. We're never looking at the come down. We're always focused on the climb. I need more money. I need more cars. I need more this. I need more that. And never thinking about, man, what could I do with my time if I wasn't chasing more of this or more of that or more of this? And it's like, we sit here and we, we have this bullshit rhetoric of, Oh, I'm working hard for my family and this, that, and the other. Well, what if you could cut your expenses in half and be with your family twice as much? Like how much do you need? You know, how many, how many 70 hour weeks do you have to pull before you, you think that you're a good dad because you don't see your kid, but you make enough money. Like yeah. how many of those? Fuck that. I mean, that's to me, I've lived that life. I've walked that line and it's all fucking stupid. I mean, the amount of money that you make is never going to buy back memories. You know, yeah. I miss, I missed watching my kid most of his earliest formative years chasing a dream that paid nothing that matters very little to very many people, you know, like my powerlifting is probably the most selfish thing that I could have done for a decade. Absolutely the most selfish because it put very little money in the bank, which I'm, and I keep talking about money because it's a reality for people. So I don't want to yeah. act like, yeah, money, money is, you know, it's part of, you know, there, it is an aspect as you and I talked in the beginning, you know, finances is a very real part, especially when you're supporting other people that sure. rely on you. Like it, it's a transactional basis. Like can't pay your fucking bills if you don't have money. Like right. it is very real. So, you know, that, that compromised, my efforts put, were put into that. So that compromised my ability to earn for a family. So I was taking second rate jobs, you know, that were kind of cash jobs or chopping wood, uh, detailing cars that I, you know, just for cash, like on the side, just hustling anywhere that I could turn to make a buck. And, you know, that wasn't good because it put me in situations I didn't want to be in. It kept me out late, got me up early, that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, it was just an ugly, ugly way to live all based around the fact that I wanted to be the strongest guy in the world. Like that's what it really, really came down to. And did I have to do with any of the things that I did to prove that, you know, I'll never forget. Um, whenever I bent 600 pounds, I was talking to my son and you know, I'm like, daddy bent 600 pounds, daddy bent 600 pounds. And he goes, Oh, that's cool. I built my Lego set, dad. And you know, talking to his mom later, um, she said, you didn't have to bench 600 pounds to be Superman. You were already his dad, you know? And that was kind of the beginning of, that was one of those wake up calls. It was kind of a punch in the gut where I, I had had my injury, but I was still like headstrong into getting coming back to the sport and building myself back into it. And that was one of the first punches I remember kind of being like, Man, how much longer am I going to do this? Yeah, you it's know? crazy. I think you hit like a super important part with that, you know, and if people are listening to this and they don't have kids, like you can understand on the side of like, if you have a father or a, you know, father, mother, like in it, a peer figure that you look up to that way, that is a super, you can understand it from that. But the opposite side, like until you stand in that, 
like you're never going to fully understand that of like, oh my God, like I could, whether I made a million dollars today or I made a dollar. Yeah. Yes. Putting food on the table. Like, like I said, there, there is that. So for those that are like, well, you need this, like, fuck you. Yes, we know. We, we know we need food if we're right. over our head. But besides that aspect of providing your, your children don't care. Like no. what, how much you may, what they care about is like the time you spend. And, and I go through a lot of that. Cause I'm very, like you said, I'm, I'm very like, hyper I guess in a way of like have that entrepreneurial aspect of like yeah I do have a lot of big goals and dreams and things I want to do for myself right and provide like yes I want to make money later this year want to take all like we got seven kids like it's not a cheap thing to go to Disneyland and fly everybody out there and spend a week in California like all that like there's there's that to it but I I struggle with of finding somewhat which I think balance like there's no true it's always an adjustable scale of balance where focusing on the family aspects and the family side and like it's okay to slow down sometimes sure. and it's other times like yeah i need to kick it into high gear i got this going i got some other projects with my business like i know i'm kicking into the high gear but i also can't you know get lax on those responsibilities so you know it's very i, I think that you saying that though because it, it's going to hit a lot of people of whether I do that or not, like, yes, I want to leave the legacy, provide for my kids, but whether I fully reach all of my goals, the most important goal is like you said, whether you bench that 600 pounds or not, like your kid looks at you as Superman, no matter if it's the bar or, you know, there's tons of plates loaded on each side. doesn't matter. Right. Well, you know, the, one of the saddest things to that point was I heard a kid tell his story one time and he said, you know, I, I used to think that I was making my dad proud if I could take his beatings and show him I was tough. You know, like he loved his dad through the beatings. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that right there tells you how, how starved for their, their parents that children are, especially, I mean, I, I extended even further to fathers, you know, and what is that bonus worth? What is that, you know, that boat or that four wheeler, what are all these things worth? Are they worth the time that it's going to take? And listen, if you're stacking money and you're making, making it easy and you're getting it in in 40 hours or you're working three days a week or your life is good, more power to you. Mm-hmm. I just had to start making concessions at some place. It's like, how good can my life be around the schedule of my family and my friends? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be this guy. Like, yes, like you said, I think everything is a tie. Everything in our life is a tide or, or a season. You know, there's going to be times. Listen, the next two weeks, bud, I'm gone. I'm go- you're not going to get too many text messages. You're going to get a phone call here and there. We're just going to be burning it up for two weeks. But the next four weeks, I'm going to be home five days a week. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? It's kind of that, yeah. that kind of deal. And as long, again, it comes back to communication. If you can communicate those things, help your kids understand your obligations, help your under help your kids understand why you're doing the things you're doing. Hey, you see this house? Like it's because, you know, we're putting it together. We're putting a life together here, kid. I've got to do these things. I've got to go out of town sometimes so that we can have these things. And you start to have a conversation with them like an adult so that they can start to understand things a little more clearly. Um, That's one area that my parents, you know, I don't fault them for because obviously I turned out perfect. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I wish that they had been a little bit more forthcoming with things in regards to finances. I wish they'd been a little more forthcoming in regards to things. Um, you know, f- speaking to me 
not speaking to me at the level that they think I'm at, but speaking to me at a level that's going to help me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I, funny I mean, that you said that because we just did that leaving here. You know, it's a, my wife posted about it earlier. It's been a big thing for her because she's, you know, our oldest is 17 now. And for yeah. the most part, you know, she, she's, she was a registered nurse. She did some other things, but for the most part, she's been like a, a stay at home mom. Sure. And in November, she like, I have my office here in the front. She has a store. She's got a website now. Like she's doing something for herself and it's yep. very different for her coming and not staying at home. Um, our our five-year-old, you know, he turns five next month. He was having a rough day because, you know, we've had a babysitter, which is totally new for us. You know, they sure. come here, they got a room in the back right next to my office, but some days it's just easier for them to stay home and get stuff done. You know, when I'm sure. got podcasts, all that, and we had to tell him, he's like, I want to come. I'm like, we'll pick you up early. You know, I got a few podcasts to record this and that, you know, like we got some work, mom and dad have to work. And we were trying to tell him like, you know, you like, he likes Fortnite and that stuff. Like right, right, he yeah, likes yeah, to yeah. buy shit on there, all that. And my wife was like, you know how you like to buy guys and all this stuff on Fortnite and we buy that for you. Well, mommy and daddy have to go to work so we can buy those things. So it's like trying to have those yeah. conversations. Cause yeah, I didn't have that very much, you know, like at for, when I was 16, almost 17, my dad and I didn't speak till right before my son was born, you know, sure. so about five oh, years ago. So it's crazy. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of that stuff, you yeah. know, and I'm learning it now. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think, you know, and I, again, I've said these things to my parents and I say it with love to them. Um, our relationship is, is fantastic now, but the worst thing that they ever said to me was because I said, so, you know, my dad coming in the house, and again, these are, you know, he was out the door four thirty, five thirty in the morning, home seven thirty, eight thirty at night. And it was like when he got home, he was given the the list of things that I'd done wrong that day. You know, I got my talking to or my spanking or whatever it was, and then it was like go to bed. You know, I mean, it was he's not a bad guy. Like he didn't beat me or anything those kind of things. But I mean, he was firm. But my dad became the guy that just was like the disciplinarian. You know, yeah. that was what I saw the most of. And, you know, for me as a kid, when he said, because I said so, I didn't respect him as my dad. I just, it was like, I wanted to defy against him because it was like, whatever. So because I said so, carried no weight with me. It just made me, it just angered me. Like if he'd said, well, if you know, if you go to bed now, you won't be tired in the morning. You know, I might not have liked it, but at least I would have heard some justification for it. Yeah. So, so like, that's been one thing that I've always hoped for as a, as a parent is to be able to hear my kids out and let them understand that, you know, when they do something wrong, there's a, I say kids, I have a son. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just, I'm just saying like kids is in general, but I have one son, but when I talk to him, what I want him to understand is, you know, he has a say, no matter what he has a say, even in the court of law at the highest level, you have a say, you yeah. know, so it is somewhat leaning towards a dictatorship, but, um, he's always going to be heard. Like I would rather know that I didn't call you because I was afraid I, that you would get mad, blah, 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 instead of just punishing because he didn't call, you know, okay, well, why would you be afraid? What have I ever done to you to make you feel afraid? And then that turns into a full blown discussion. And then I can understand, okay, well, so-and-so's dad, got really mad, grounded him, took his Xbox, whatever, when he did the same thing. So I thought you would do that. Well, I'm not his dad. That's okay. That's, I understand why he got upset because I'm upset. What do you think we should do here? 
you know, and then let him kind of talk himself into his own punishment. Like, you know, whatever it is, well, you didn't use your cell phone. Let's, you must not need it. Right. Do you need your cell phone? Cause you didn't call me. So what are we going to do with your cell phone for a week? Well, okay. You know, and kind of like help him understand why. Yeah. It's so something a, we're definitely working on a lot, you know, cause like I, dude, you know, it's always an ongoing it, process. It is. <laughs> it, especially as, as they grow, you know, cause like for me, you know, when, when my wife and I met and, you know, like, so we've got seven, but you know, I've only been a parent for five years, really, sure, you know, sure, so cause we yeah. came into a blended family. So it's been like crazy for me and everybody's so different, not only personality wise, but as they grow, they're very different in that aspect too. So, you know, what's, what's been interesting for me is doing that. And I do catch myself of like, cause I said, so sometimes it's like, I'm just, I'm fed up, you know, like they're not listening. They don't sure. want, and it's like, and I'm trying to get better at like, yeah, sometimes I might want to say that, but instead of saying, because I said so more so saying, well, when you want to listen, cause that's usually when I say that it's cause they're just, they're spouting off. They don't want to sure. do it. And they don't really care if I do explain, it's like talking to a wall at that yeah. point. So I just say, well, because I said so instead of just be like, well, when, if you really do want to know, like when you're ready to listen, I'll explain why. And then we are getting better at like, Oh, you know, like saying like, oh, I see that upsets you, you, you know, know, and asking them and then being able to explain to them why we're asking for certain things. One thing I can tell you, well, like I've only had to do it once and it, it was at least for my son, it was that swift of a, of a recourse was I was like, which also I kind of dangled it over his head that, you know, I, I would post it, but he was kind of in a <laughs> tantrum, which I give him credit really balanced kid, really like really good head on his shoulders, but he's human. He, you know, he has a blow up here or there. So I started filming him in the middle of it. And I was like, well, this is how you're acting. Like if this was in public, somebody could be doing this, putting it on Twitter or Snapchat or whatever it is, you know, like, why are you mad? Like, why are you mad that I'm filming you? This is how you're acting. So, you know, and he was like, stop, stop, stop. But you know, I got a good 10 or 12 seconds of, of his behavior and we watched it and he was like immediately like laughing at himself. He's like, <laughs> you know, so if you can, I think, but also you got to be willing to have the camera put it on you too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you've got to be willing as a parent to understand that like, Hey, if I'm over here shouting at my kid just because they don't understand, like, what am I really saying? Because that's, that's another lesson that I'm trying to work with him on right now is, you know, as far as my relationships, I, I was terrible at relationships for a long time, whether it was interpersonal or friendships, because I just did not understand what a healthy one looked like. Um, I had, I had a bad run of like just weird friendships and weird girlfriends and that kind of thing. So I just started to form these opinions about it instead of looking at myself as the guiding factor of the relationship. Yeah. The more open I was, the more honest I was, the more willing to communicate and explain myself. So becoming a parent, I had to look at it from all of those things that I learned, like, okay, this is a new kind of relationship. This is a dynamic that has never been crossed into before, but I have to utilize those, those pieces of information over here and apply that to him. And I just think that as parents, his mother and I decided to just really always go the route of over explaining, trying to understand and as least abrasive of punishment as possible you know, to the point where, um, it was always going to be a communication point first, because I think 
for both of us, you know, we, we, like I said, we were spanked. So for us, it was having the idea to like, okay, I don't know that we're against that, but I don't know what that looks like. And for me having those conversations either with her or with him and trying to understand the situation where he's going in this life, it's calmed me down to enough to where it's like, what, what would hitting himself? Like what would spanking himself at this point? You know, like, yeah, I, I don't fault anybody for that choice because there's been definitely been times when if I could have got my hands on him, I would have, but it's just, I had to one time and it broke my heart. Yes. I I feel the same because we're very much of like, I don't think it does anything. And I look at it as my fault. Like I didn't, I failed in that situation because I didn't know what else to do. And I went to that because for whatever reasons you want to get into. And like when I've done that, it's like, okay, well that really didn't teach anything. Like I'm the one now that's at fault there. Um, Right. And then now it's like my wife, I'm like, I'm learning so many other things. Like we do a thing every other week with, with each other, trying to learn to communicate better with our children and especially our son and a few of our kids that we, you know, maybe need a little bit more attention and sure. guidance on stuff. And it's, you know, it's so, it's so crazy. So when you explain and, and for me, I try and create a situation and a learning experience out of all of it where I'm learning like, well, there's a time for that. And there's a time to just let them get it out and listen yeah. and say, Hey, yeah, I see you're upset. Or I you know, I see that makes you upset or frustrated, you know, yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, like they just want some more of like that validation. And I think all friendships are like that. And cause sure. you know, you and I are talking a lot about parenting cause it's, you know, it's a common ground, but if we bring it back to what you were saying in the beginning with, you know, a pluses or minuses that it very much relates to whether that's parenting, you know, it's a very important role or it's somebody that you just met on, on the street. It's a very value driven. And I think like you said, it starts with ourselves and what are we bringing to it? Not our, what are they doing in the situation, whether that's your kid or a friend or a spouse, like what am I bringing to the situation to either make it better or worse and to bring a positive value or negative value to it. And that's how we need to approach every interaction, whether it's a kid or a stranger, like you said, the lady that you just met and opened up a door for it. Sure. Well, you know, I think for me, I don't really adhere to the put on a happy face kind of thing. Like I I prefer to tell people to just be real, but you know, you can be sad and it doesn't have to be dramatic. You know, you can be happy and it doesn't have to be dramatic. Like I think people just need to really understand whatever you are, that is, that is strictly dictated by who you are and how you approach things. And what I'm saying to that, to that end, like I want to get this thought right, because to me, it's a very important thing. I think I have this vision of what I call the naked truth. Okay. And I'm going to tell this story. I don't, I've I've mentioned it a time or two, but I don't ever think I've really told it this way. So I was in Finland and we were pretty frequently going to the sauna. I mean, that's a big part of the Finnish culture. The sauna is, is a part of their day um, in, in many aspects. So they, they take time for it. Well, I go in there and it says, did it say nude only? Yeah. It said nude only. And that was, that was just standard. That's the way it was. So I walk in there with a towel. I was uncomfortable and I walk in there and everybody else is sitting there looking at me like what in the hell? And this old man comes over to me and he goes, said so the sauna reveals many, many things to us. It, it said it reveals a truth to us. It, it, it purges us of so many things. And he said it purges us of insecurity. 
And he said, because if you cannot sit here and accept yourself, your body for who you are, how can anyone around you accept you for who you are? So for me, I try to get to the naked truth of myself. I try to get to the point of myself of what makes me happy, what makes me sad, what turns my day around if one of those things gets out of kilter, you know, um, how can I just be true to those ends of myself? And I, I think that people have been trained and conditioned in this world that we have to be this like extreme. Like if I'm happy, I have to be smiling and dancing and like putting on a show. Or I think if I'm sad, I have to put on the show. No, what you need to do is just be kind of even keel and just walk through life with this stoicism. You know what I mean? Be mm-hmm. stoic, be, be reserved, be prepared to, to smile and laugh when the time is right. But you don't have to be oppressive with your happiness either, you know, yeah. because that is as off-putting, I think, as somebody who sits at the bar and cries all night. You know, I think if you truly want to help people find happiness through your happiness, be receptive to whatever they are. And then kind of allow yourself to become that because if you ever known the person, I, I, I say this in terms of, uh, well, I'll just remove that. I say it in terms of people that just come on very, very strong. It's like they're the happiest person in the world. They got so much energy. They just want to, do, 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 you know, and it's like, I'm very much like wall. Yeah. So if somebody asked me like, how do you become happy? How are you happy? I was like, because I'm content just sitting here because I'm content with exactly who I am listening to you talk. You know, and it doesn't mean I'm better because I'm not doing those things, but I just think it allows me to receive whatever somebody else has given me, you know, because there's somebody who's wanting to talk to me, but if they see me smiling, laughing and and joking, they're not going to drop something serious on me, but them dropping something serious on me doesn't change the fact that I'm happy. You know what I mean? I just try to, I don't know. I try to be, be more open to other people's needs than filling my own anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, what's, this is what's, crazy. that was a really bad way of saying it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think there was, was a lot like, of good. There's like three twisted half stories in there <laughs> that, that, <laughs> well, that I tried to pull into one, but it didn't work. The, well, it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned the the naked truth and, and all of that. Cause you know, I was having this conversation with my wife the other day cause I was driving It first started like a thought that popped into my own mind and I can't remember where it came from. And then I talked to her, I'm like, think of how crazy it would be if like, we just, walk down the street naked or you just went up and you were just completely naked in front of stranger or anybody like how awkward and insecure and then like all the thoughts that go through our mind of like what are people thinking of me what are this what are that yeah. like and how freeing for lack of a better term of like how light and freeing we would feel if you could do that and like zero fucks like you just you were totally content like with who you are inside out people can know you like if you could bear that and people could see that like that should be the goal we get to not saying like hey it's go fun. walk up and down the street <laughs> naked but like, well i'm gonna one up you though well not one up you but i'm gonna build on that um so i've been doing the cold dips every morning right mm-hmm. and you know, the last few times, you know, I go out there in a pair of shorts. It's always super dark. No one has ever been there. And it's like, so here I am and it's freezing water and I'm wearing a pair of shorts. Like it's some sort of like, am I holding on this for two reasons? Like, am I holding on to it for insecurity purposes or am I holding on to it for the idea that there might be warmth there? Either way, it's a fail. So I strip, <laughs> so I strip the shorts off and go in the water and everything. And it was like, it, it was, it was a different level. It was a different feeling of commitment, I guess, you know, it's like 
no, this is exactly who I am. This is what I'm doing. Like if a police officer comes up here and says, um, you shouldn't be doing this, like whatever. I think if he let me explain myself, he might write me a fine or whatever, but he's not yeah. going to, he's not going to take me to jail. Like I'm trying to better myself. And I think, you know, I, I think that was a big win for me. So I get what you're saying in that yeah. regard of like, there is so much expectation, but it's actually not projecting more. It's actually projecting. It's actually less mm-hmm. because it's like, I have to hide who I am. I have to cover who I am and I have yeah. to mask who that is with all of these brands and this kind of that and the other. And it's like, no, you're just who you are. You know, like that's all you are. And I was talking to my mom about that too. She, cause I was telling her the story about getting naked and she was like, well, you're crazy. What if somebody takes your picture? And I'm like, why should exactly who I am humiliate me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why would that be humiliating? Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, if it, we should just be more proud of who we are. Start at, yeah. start at the level of like, this is who I am. This is exactly what I am. And if I can change things about myself, then I will to be better. Like it gets, to, it gets down to that. And I think it's so funny. And this is another conversation that I have with a guy that, we get so focused on the sexual side of insecurity, like, you know, the phallic symbolism or, mm-hmm. you know, trying to say, I'm not a man if this, or I'm not a woman if this, but really and truly it's like you fixate on, on parts of yourselves that you can't change. I mean, women can get breast enhancement or whatever, but I mean, it's like, these are fundamentally like the no touch zones, right? These are just, there's so many taboos around the sexual aspect of, of our bodies, but it's like, we can enrich our minds. We can be pure of heart. We can change our bodies. And it's like, if you really reject someone for this one aspect, like, what does that say about you? You know, I don't know. I just, I look at all these questions and it's like, why are people so insecure about their naked bodies? Why are, why are people so insecure about sharing their pure thoughts or their truest thoughts? And it's like, we live a very, very sheltered existence. Oh, that, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost backwards from, and the, you know, designed to be, we could go into like how, you know, the social media and like the hyperness of platforms and things, I think very much, you know, play into that and feed into like insecurities and what we think perfect should be and this and that. And it's funny now that I'm on like this kind of newer journey, you know, almost have like two, they're very much intertwined, but like two parts I guess I could say in my life, you know, I have like the entrepreneur, which, you know, that's just overall, but I have like my business side. And then now I have like the vigilant side and this movement and stuff I'm trying to do, which is really a journey and an experience for me to become more of who I am. And as I've started to kind of become more open and vulnerable and share things like, you know, here's where I fucked up or here's thoughts or, you know, issues that I've had it's like inspired other people like, Oh my God, like there needs to be more of that. Yeah. And that's what I hope is like, if I start sharing more, other people will start being like, well, I don't need to feel ashamed for that. I can start sharing more of this or I can start doing that. Now, how do I build that into a better life? And like you've said, of going through this journey and it's like, you feel more content, you know, and there's nothing bad with that. Like you're still bettering yourself every day. It's not like I'm content. I'm going to eat fucking Cheetos and sit (laughs) on the couch all day. Like, no, I'm still content of, becoming like, here's who I am. Here's my faults. Here's where I'm great. And here's how I'm going to continue to improve on that every day. Not what Instagram tells us we need to be or the latest book or this guru tells us, well, if you're not doing this or that, like you're wrong, like, no, like, here's who you are. Mm -hmm. 
be a better, be a good person, bring value. Like, so plus or minuses, bring value, you know, give back to others and just be better every day and be yourself. And cook kick-ass food. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you added that one, you would have described what I try to be every day. You know, just try to be, try to be honest, be loving, receptive, understanding, committed, loyal, and cook kick-ass food, you know? There you go. And that, now that kind of leads into, you know, what I was going to bring up too, of like, well, what, you know, out of all of this that we've talked about, what to you, what's your definition of like a vigilant life? And I think you pretty much kind of led right into that before I could bring it up. Well, I think for me, here, here are the things, you know, give no shit, but take no shit. That's probably the foundational ethos of what I do. Like I can sit down regardless of, of race, religion, sexuality, whatever you want to talk about, I can sit down and appreciate the human. Like I can appreciate the person for who they are, even if our opinions, even if our skin color, even if our sexualities differ. I've learned to appreciate the human for the human. What I will not tolerate is people who try to project an expectation of who I should be onto me. Um, you know, and that's where I will draw the line very firmly. And I stand proud of who I am. I stand proud in all of my beliefs. I think you pay your debts. I think you tell the truth. I think you accept the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. I think you, you always look out for women and children. I think you look out for your brothers. I think you look out for people um, that you might just be able to like older people look mm -hmm. out for your neighbors, look out for people that, that might not be tuned in to what the world really is, you know, and I'm not saying like be this hyper, you know, hyper minded person looking for problems. But if you see, if you see an old person with their groceries, ask them if you can help them. You yeah. know, if you see, if you see somebody with a walker coming towards the door, hold the door. I'm not talking like radical Superman or superhero <laughs> type changes. I'm just talking about like pick people up, you know, mm -hmm. be a person that consistently throughout your day picks people up, be a shoulder to, for somebody to lean on, be an ear for someone to talk to. I think never, ever, ever resort to infantile responses and infantile responses are something I've been talking about a lot lately because it's like, if you take a pacifier from a kid, well, they do cry, right? They cry. So for an adult who is quick to anger, that's your infantile response. Mm -hmm. That's, that's your pacifier getting pulled out. If you just start yelling, screaming and finger pointing, that's your infantile response. If somebody corrects you at work and your immediate feelings are to just shrink inside yourself, that's your infantile response. Like be a person that has the ability to separate emotion from production. Like what is going to get me further in this life? What is going to propel this day forward? What is going to make this experience better? I can sit here and get my feelings hurt or I can pick myself up by the bootstraps and do something about it. Yep. You know, all of those things are what make my day satisfied, you know, and, and people run from that word of never get satisfied. No, I think a damn wonderful thing is to look at your day and say it's satisfied, pull out a two inch thick ribeye, throw it on the grill, enjoy that with a, with a whiskey and that's a pretty damn good day. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that same thing every single day. But like, if you did, how bad would that be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, take care of yourself physically, take care of yourself spiritually, take care of yourself mentally, and give those three areas to as many people as you can. I always have open invitations to train, to hike, whatever. Like, why would I tell someone no? Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I can make myself better, and in turn, cause someone else to look at their life and hope to get better. I'm not going to make you better. 
I didn't make you start this podcast. You started the podcast. All I did was say, man, go for it. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're not looking necessarily for the idea. We're just looking for validation of our own. So I try to hear what people really want to do. I try to help them understand what it is they can do and then start working, you know, the middle ground of those, what I can do and what I want to do. That's where I hope to help people get to, you know, is through that middle part. So that to me is the vigilant life. You know, I want to take care of myself. I want to be physically capable. I never want someone who is with me to feel burdened by my presence, you know, whether that's physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, that was one of the biggest reasons for my turnaround with health. You know, guys would ask me to go hunt and I could just imagine the feeling of being close to an animal or at the point of like really the hunt is getting hard and I just can't go anymore. I never wanted to be the guy that wanted to turn back. I never yeah. wanted to be the guy that was limiting. I never wanted to be the guy in a situation that somebody needed me to lift them up and I couldn't carry their weight. I never wanted to be the person where there was a fire and I ran the other way. You know what I mean? I never ever want to be the person that runs to save myself over someone else. And to me, the more that I ingrain myself into the relationships of other people and not so much ask them to call in mine, the more easy it gets to understand that my impact in the world is much bigger than, than I realize. And I'm not saying that in an egotistical way. I'm just saying, again, the small things, holding the door for a lady might change her outlook on the next guy with tattoos. You know, mm -hmm. it, it might change her perspective on the fact that I might have a conversation with that guy. He might actually be a decent person. So that's what I'm saying. Like the big stuff, we're always going to be fighting the Coca-Colas and the whatever. Yeah. Like we're, we're never going to have that space. It really adds up as a little, yeah. little things. It's what really is really adds up. You, you kind of nailed that aspect, whether you want to put in all these different analogies of like scoring a touchdown, like it, yeah, there's the big plays, but majority of scores are not by big plays. It's by the inches, you know, the little bit, yeah. by little bit, by little bit. And that's what, sure. what life really adds up and the reciprocity aspect. Like you said, whether it's changing someone's view on that or, you know, if we put more kindness in, in value, whatever you want to call it out there of the value, like you said, the plus one, you do more of that another person does that, it's going to have that compounding effect. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like you said, whether you want to get it all like hippie-ish or not, like think of how different your life, those around you and like the world would be as a, as a whole. Yeah. You know, if we did that, yeah, there's evils, this and that, like we've seen it, we know about it, but well, overall, listen, like I say, don't, don't ever be afraid to headbutt somebody. Like don't ever <laughs> remove that from the, from the, from the equation. Like you can still smash faces, you know, like, mm -hmm. but, um, no, I mean, how bad but not it, the uh, old lady's face, you know, no, that, no, no, that's no. where you open the door. <laughs> but what, you know, but how bad, how bad would the world be if everybody was wrong and all they gave was kindness, you know, like how bad mm -hmm. would it be? Even if that was the wrong answer, how bad yeah. would it be? Yeah. You know, and that's the way I look at it. And I mean, I, I, I say this freely. I mean, love, you know, it, love is the only thing that has made my life better through forgiveness through acceptance, through understanding, through healing, all of those things were rooted in love by people that love me. So I try to love as equally as hard back, you know, and it's a pretty good competition to be in, you know, like, man, I love you more. 
And I'm going to show you, not just say it. I'm going to show you like by actively living in love for people and not just, I hate that we try to reserve it to this one thing. Like if you love somebody, there is nothing you won't do for them. And I'm not saying that in a one-to-one relationship. I'm saying my friends, my boss, my coworkers, like if I love those people, why wouldn't I go to the end of the earth for them? You Mm -hmm. know? And I think that's the one thing is uh, we have to be willing to go further than we ever expect the other person to go. Yeah. I like that. And I I think it's a great, you know, really what we've gone through, you know, we call this whole thing a journey. I, I really feel there's a lot of stuff we touched on, but it can very much go back to, you know, something very simple to kind of bring it to a close is, you know, bringing that value, being who you are, honest with yourself, creating better connections, you know, still taking care of your obligations to yourself, mm-hmm. to those around you. And, you know, the, as you put it, you know, the, the plus one, that's, mm-hmm. keep it. And, and what we touched on briefly was the simplicity, like yeah. don't overcomplicate shit. Just keep it simple in that aspect. And how I put it, be better today than you were yesterday. Yeah. And you're well, going to continue on that journey. You know, somebody that might be listening to this, I'll make one last point, but the plus one thing really works for me too. And and don't listen to this as like, oh, that guy, I mean, I doubt after hearing this, you'll think this guy's got it together and he's, he's perfect, but <laughs> it, it, I am crazy certifiably. But if you listen to this, understand that I had to create that because I had to dwindle it down to a point where I won breakfast, you know, like that's, that's how far away from my fitness life I was, was that winning breakfast the first day for the first time was a plus one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I I couldn't even think about what lunch was going to be. I just had to know that if I sat down and I committed to winning breakfast, that I could at least check that box. Yeah. And then the next win was don't snack until lunch. I mean, I was 350 pounds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now I'm 240 something pounds. So it's like a hundred pounds change doesn't become, doesn't come off a 10 week diet. Yeah. You know, I, and I hate, these result driven things. I've been guilty of it for years and I, I really had a change of looking at it. If I teach you to be disciplined for 10 weeks, I failed you. If I teach you to change a life that can become a process and then dial it in for 10 weeks, then I've really helped you. Like what I don't want to do is get someone ready for a show for 10 weeks. They go off track. They live completely outside the mindset of an athlete. And then I have to r- crash them in for the next 10 weeks. That's no way to live really build yourself a life that you can be proud of one step at a time. Even if it's one meal at a time, even if it comes down to the gym at one set at a time, like I got 20 sets to get through. I'm going to get through as many of them as I can. I got through one plus one. If that's the best you can do today, rally around it, but you have to get better tomorrow. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You have to, it has to be better tomorrow. But I, I just think people, they don't hear that enough. Like if you're sitting on your couch eating 8,000 calories a day, doing zero, if you drive to the gym, freak the fuck out and turn around and go back home and sit on the couch, still a plus one. You went to the gym. I'll give you that. Like, I'll give you that. Tomorrow, walk to the door, ask some questions about membership. I'll give you that plus one. The next day, go for a walk in your neighborhood. Don't even have to go back to the gym. Think about it. Go for a walk in your neighborhood. I'll give you a plus one. But you have to keep the momentum building. You know what I mean? Like, I think people were thinking, well, I, I went to the gym and I didn't go in, so I'm a failure. If that was the first time, it's a win. Give yourself the wins. Build on those wins. You know, 
And that's what I'm saying. People are so broken down. If it took you a thousand choices to dig your hole, it's going to take you a thousand and one to get out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a process. And I think people are not being taught the process. Yeah. It's all about the quick fix, instant change. And, you know, I, I think that just all comes to that simplicity and it takes time you know, focus on the small, again, back to those small pieces. It's those small successes that add up. Like you said, going to the gym once. Okay, great. Now you go a second time. Right. Now you go a third time. Like, okay, well, you know, as you and I know, there's only so many ways to progress. You know, you lift heavier weights, you do the same in less time. Yeah. You know, or you do more within that time. Like that's pretty much it. And that's all it is. Like, okay, well, I did this. Well, next week, you know, we can get into, you know, all this different stuff of programs like, well, okay, now I add five pounds to my bench. Right. Great. There you go. It's not, I'm benching 405 today. It's like, well, okay, you get there by benching five pounds more the next time. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that there are, I just think that there are people that are so broken. If they hear us talking about that without specifying it to, to their level. Yeah, exactly. All they're hearing is, Oh, this guy's saying to go to the gym. He doesn't understand me. I understand. There were times that I would sit in my gym for 45 minutes because I said, you have to sit in your gym for 45 minutes. That's what you would do. And I didn't touch a weight. Like I literally did not touch a weight. I was so, I was so broken from all of it. Like all of it. I just sat there like that was my win for the day was to to open the garage door to go out to my gym and sit there, you know, to commit to the time. I couldn't, I couldn't commit to the, to the action yet, but I committed to the time. And I did that probably, probably for a week, just sat in there. And then it was like, okay, you're an idiot for just sitting here and doing nothing. Like (laughs) just do something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that just evolved into, what you see now, which is a hundred pounds weight loss later, um, moving, hiking, mm-hmm. kettlebell stuff. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, you're not I, going yeah. zero to a hundred. You're going zero to one. Yeah. And, and then to two and then yeah. to three. And it's, it's not even like I'm saying I did it right. I'm just saying that was the process that it took for me. And it, and it was a lot of trying to fake it. It was a lot of like trying to look like I was doing it. And it was a lot of, you know, coming behind the scenes and just being like, Oh, you're, you're an idiot. Just be real about it. Just show people that you're struggling. And when I started showing that and started like, then it was accountability because it's like, okay, tomorrow you've got to make that video tomorrow. You have to share what you did in the gym or you have, you know what I mean? Like I use Instagram as an accountability tool. Mm-hmm. I, and that's one of the funniest things when people tell me, Oh my God, you're so motivating or this, that, and the other. It's like, Holy shit. You know how motivating it is, you know, to know that I have to put something on there in the morning. Like, not now, but there were days where the only reason that I worked out was to have that video to hold accountable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I don't fault anybody for whatever means it takes to get there. You can recalibrate the the process later, but just start the process. You're going to refine it, but you have to start. The, you have to start. Yeah. Starting is better than perfection. Yeah. Oh, for sure. One thousand percent. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love it. I know we've kind of gone over a lot and we could probably keep going for fucking ever on this, but (laughs) (laughs) we all got lives, I guess, to go around to. So for those that want to just, you know, find out more about all like all the different stuff you're doing, because I know you do a lot of different things. Where's kind of the the stuff or the things that you want to plug in here for people to follow you or to go check out? Really and truly Brandon Lily three on Instagram. It's L I L L Y. 
And it's just, I have a website, but it needs revisiting. Um, I don't want it to be necessarily what it is. It's dated. I just want it to be an information of, of events that I'm going to be at or speaking at or hosting or things like that. I just want it to be an information page. That'll be up soon. Mm-hmm. But everything that you could ever want to know about me is on my Instagram. So. Perfect. <laughs> they, they're, they, I, I keep it very go. simple. Awesome. Well, I love it. I hope everybody really got whether there's one golden nugget and that's it. You know, you don't have to think like, oh, my life's changed by the end of this. If there's just one thing that you can implement and keep it simple and put that action into, like, that's all I think you and I are really asking from this. And, And I appreciate everybody checking out this first episode. And I appreciate you taking the time and really for sure. well, sharing the journey. I want to say like, if I've seemed scattered throughout this, I apologize because it's funny. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about has really been in just organic conversations the last three or four days. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to pull back together. Like if I had already talked about it on the podcast or if I'm recalling it from a conversation <laughs> previous, but it's important. I mean, I, I think the stuff that we touched on, it is in those quiet corners to some level. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like public conversation just yet, but I think a lot of people are having these conversations. And if anybody wants to continue the conversation or wants to ask me questions about something I said or clarify um, exactly how discombobulated my thoughts were, <laughs> um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I try. I really, really try to get through all the messages that I get. I fail at that sometimes, but I really try. And especially when I put up podcasts and things like that, I try to pay a little extra closer attention to that too. Just so if if somebody wants to get to know something or clear something up, they can ask. So I'm here. I really appreciate you doing that for everybody. And again, thank you everybody. Uh, If you're still here with us and listening by (laughs) the end of this, I really appreciate it. Stay tuned for more. Uh, Again, thank you, Brandon. I really appreciate everything you've shared. And everybody remember, just keep on that vigilant life. And like, as Brandon put it, that plus one or, you know, be better today than you were yesterday and keep it simple. Absolutely. Peace. See you guys.